Here we go. You are listening to Rumination Thursday on Law and Gospel on this October the 20th in the year of our Lord 2022. I'm Pastor Tom Baker, and with me, always on Thursdays, is Wes Reimnitz. Good day, Wes. Good day. We only got 11 more days. Until? We celebrate the Reformation. Oh, my, the Reformation. In fact, at one of our congregations, well, at two of them, we're having a combined service, beginning with a Bible study, followed by a hymn sing. People choose what hymns they want to sing. And then a one-hour worship service with communion, followed by a free meal of hot dogs and bratwurst. So mm. you want to come over? It sounds good. Yep, I'm but looking I'll be forward to it. Yeah, and we're going to have special music. We have a choir that began with chimes, and they rent the chimes, uh, their bells. You've seen them. And they did it last week for the first time in both services, and it really worked out well. So we're looking forward to that. But also, you, gotta, you know what? You, but also, you got 11 more days to, to finish what? Getting your pastor up, uh, reading the, the gospel, long gospel by Walther. Yes, yeah, that book is still available for $40 and a lot less expensive than getting it through CPH. So that's something people can look at. But what? is our subject for today. Well, I thought, you know, kick off these 11 days before we celebrate the Reformation, we we would take some time to take a look at indulgences. I sent you an article. I sent another one this morning. I don't know if you got it in time. But it seems that, like, in the Roman Catholic Church, uh, indulgences are making its way back. And I think with some history revision going on there. Yeah, I read both articles, and I have to tell you this. After reading the many pages that you sent, I still have no idea what an indulgence is. <laughs> well, it depends on whether it's plenary or partial. I have no idea what the difference is. They say... Well, uh, in preliminary indulgence, I mean, I read it, means that the merits of Jesus Christ, the Blessed Virgin Mary, and all the saints, the full remission of temporal punishment due to sacramentally forgiven sins is obtained. That's a plenary indulgence. Whereas a partial indulgence is a portion of the temporal punishment due to forgiven sins is remitted. And that occurs by doing a partial indulgence, like praying a partially indulgence prayer or the complete fulfillment of the conditions attached to a plenary indulgence. And I, I don't understand what that means. Well, that makes two of us. As more I got to reading on it, I, I started 
pulling up uh, stuff from the catechism. And uh, the Roman we, Catholic we, or Lutheran? There's only one catechism. It's Lutheran. No, but I these mean, articles I know that, are based on the Roman Catholic catechism. Yeah. But to get my head straight, wrapped around it better, I looked at the catechism. I also took a look at Luther's 95 Theses, which yes. talks about, you know, the, that uh, about the problem of, of indulgences and uh, the thing that we can, and the, the one article seems to su- suggest that you still have to go through confession and and uh, receive the forgiveness of sins as as such, and then there are those those uh, things that you can do of indulgences, which is take a trip somewhere, uh, pray a prayer, as you said, pray pray the rosaries, uh, such things as that. Well, what I discovered in reading the article, Roman Catholics believe that there are two kinds of punishment attached to sin, eternal and temporal. Now listen to this sentence and try and explain. If the sin is mortal, that is serious or grave sin, the person loses the friendship of God and with it the life of divine grace within. Now, will you please explain to me a sin that is not mortal? Yeah. <laughs> I'm laughing because I looked at that too and I go, wait a minute. I mean, we talk about it in terms of actual sin, don't, don't we? And all sin, whether the little white lie or, or uh, killing of somebody, you know, depending on how serious we take. All sin is worthy of death. Well, that's what the Sermon on the Mount says. He says, you know, you've heard of it before, thou shalt not kill. But I tell you, even if you're angry with your brother, or if you say something, so it's sins by thought, word, and deed, and you can get the same punishment as an unbeliever. Right. That's what we mean that they're mortal. They're they're deathly. Right. And you look at for instance Second Corinthians five, God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting man's sins against him. That works contrary to 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 that when God uh forgave all sins whether they quote, are mortal or not. They seem to make this this, this condition, because I've, I've talked to several Roman Catholics over time, lay people, and they, they all seem to to go, go with this idea of purgatory that you have to go to purgatory because of some of your temporal sins are, are still to catch up with you yet. Yes. In in other words, they're making a distinction between sins that ruin you eternally and sins that can ruin you temporally. And that's really what they say an indulgence is. Uh, It 
changes us in a way that we are able to respond and the effect of sin on us will be minimized. But baptism not only minimizes sin, it gets rid of it. Right. Well, they do say that when you get a plenary sin, the person becomes just as if he's baptized and would fly immediately to heaven if he died in that instance. So, Yeah, there uh, was a plenary sin or indulgence given out recently. Excuse me. And that was if you would stop smoking during a certain time period, then you received a plenary indulgence. Mm. Well, where is that in the Bible? Right. Well, and that would be something I would comment to my my, uh, Roman Catholic friends. In fact, I, I pulled a Bakerism on them. You know what that is? Well, there's 500 of them. (laughs) Well, the one that uh, said if if you were to wake up the next morning and find yourself in heaven, who would you give all the credit to? Uh, And, of course, they would say Jesus. And I said, you just bypassed purgatory. Right. Now, these articles attempt to say that purgatory isn't really necessary, but you must repair your sins. And further expiation occurs through prayer, penance, carrying the cross, or after death, you're purified in purgatory. Now, that is not comforting to anybody. Yeah, well, and that's the hole that they have on them. You know, it, 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 is, it is so strong on, on some of them that uh, it becomes unnecessary for us to talk about it. Which, which, by the way, one of the articles try brings up that in the 11th century, that's when indulgences really came to the forefront. And that was during the, the Crusades down to the Holy Land, where they were going to free the land from the from the Muslims. Right. The Muslims were, were getting what was called a jihad, a holy war. So if they died, they immediately, quote, went to heaven. Well, the Christian soldiers said, what's in it for, for us? And the Pope gave them, quote, indulgences, forgiveness of sins for their acts of war. And... What was interesting in one of the articles, they tried to say, oh, it was much earlier than that. They didn't really call it indulgences until the 11th century. Right. Uh, For example, they say things, and I, I just don't understand how a Christian can believe this, but what an indulgence does is take an occasion of expiation, namely a certain prayer, penance, charity, or other designated work, and add to its intrinsic merit before God an additional value based on the treasury of merits of Jesus Christ, 
and those perfectly united to him in heaven. And therefore, this, this sentence is really questionable. This is why among the most important of the conditions for receiving a plenary indulgence and the hardest to satisfy is the complete detachment or detestation of our sins. What human being, what Christian can do that? That's, yeah, I, I saw that too. It's virtually impossible because of, of original sin within our our being. And uh, it is something that we do. Uh, what came to mind was Psalm 130. If you, O Lord, kept the record of sin, who would stand but with you there is forgiveness, therefore you are feared. We believe that there is forgiveness given to us through, through Christ our Lord, and that, that is brought out in the 95 Thesis and the Heidelberg Disputations the following year. Right. In fact, um, they continue to say, we open our will to the action of his mercy flowing into our souls, which alone is able to effect a complete remission of the temporal punishment to our sins. Now, I find that interesting because I don't see any forgiveness that God gives to temporal sins. And as well as they, we open up our hearts, we we do something too that brings about God, quote, uh, forgiving us. Well, they give an example about a boy who breaks a window, and he's contrite and sorrowful, goes to his father who forgives him. However, despite the forgiveness, the window is still broken and must be repaired. But the boy's personal resources are insufficient to pay for a new window. The father requires him to pay a few dollars from his savings and forego some of his allowance for several weeks, and the father will pay the rest. This balances justice and mercy. To ask the boy to do nothing when it is possible for him to make some reparation would not be in accordance with the truth or even the boy's good. Yet even this temporal debt is beyond the boy's possibilities. In other words, every time you sin, you've got to be thinking, is the punishment for this temporal sin taken care of? And therefore, you have yeah. to do a reparation or some kind of penance, like saying the Hail Mary so many times or the Lord's Prayer. That's to get rid of the sin of your temporal sins. There's well, nothing they, in the Bible that says that. Right. Well, see, they go on to say, we are washed in the blood of the Lamb, and there is nothing left to do. But the Catholic teaching respects the order of justice, just as Jesus clearly did in the Gospel. And it recognizes that man can cannot do or undo the temporal consequences of his sin. However, this is the mercy that will satisfy justice for what we cannot repair. So 
God forgives, but on the other hand, there is some work that we can still do to to make amends for for the temporal sins. So a Christian who's a Roman Catholic would have to decide whether they need a plenary or a partial indulgence in order to go to heaven. And they can never be sure because every sin is mortal. And how do you know that that sin is forgiven by your prayers or by attending a special event put out by the Roman Catholic Church or something like that? You never can be sure that you're forgiven. Well, that brings up the question, you know, are, are they saved or not saved? Uh, if they they cling to verses like John three sixteen, God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have have eternal life, that they are they are still saved in spite of the some of that stuff that they comes they come across. Yes, you mentioned that they've changed some of their theology. And, uh, for example, one of their changes that all other prayers previously indulgence could receive a partial indulgence under the general grants of indulgence, which Pope Paul VI and Pope John Paul II uh, established. Well, the problem, my... Grandmother was Roman Catholic, very strong. And I would visit at her house every now and then and even go to church with her. And there were brochures there about how many years you could get out of purgatory depending on what indulgence you were following, what repair you were doing. And that never made any sense to me at all. Uh. They go on to say, though, that, that that went on, how many years or how many days you could get off. In other words, there was a concept of, of 300 days or seven years uh, to get rid of in purgatory. But, of course, as they, they said, there was no time time permitted and calculated in eternity. So... How many prayers need to be said before you're really out of purgatory? I mean, it, it really becomes an iffy sort of thing. Yes, that was an important statement you made that they say that we're not sure there's such a thing as time in purgatory. Well, what is there? I mean, why would, can't you say the same about heaven? That there is no time in heaven? Well, how do you calculate time in eternity? Is the concept of time still carried forward when when we go to heaven? I would say so. And that's proven by Elijah and Moses being on the Mount of Transfiguration. Mm. They they had time uh, and were able to talk about Jesus in time how is he going to save the world? And he's going to do it by his crucifixion. That makes sense. I never thought about that before, but that, that makes a lot of sense. 
Well, even David says after his son dies with Bathsheba, he will not return to me, but I will be going to him. I mean, the idea that you have to invent a timeless condition called purgatory is just to try and give confidence to Roman Catholics that it's not as bad as they used to teach it. But it is as bad because it leaves a Roman Catholic totally confused. Did I do a mortal sin? Did I not do a mortal sin? Did I do enough to repair that sin or not? And they make it very clear that if it's not repaired and that's a temporal sin, then you will go to that place where there is no forgiveness at all, which is mainly hell. Yeah, well said. And therein lies, you know, the one article I sent to you that they tried to say that the Roman Catholic Church was under, or the church, everybody was under this thing by Martin Luther and indulgences. And it was time for us, quote, as Christians to come out of that from Martin Luther. And hence uh, why one of the reasons that I, I thought that today we should talk about indulgences and how it still is connected to those 95 pieces and the Heidelberg disputation and, and uh, the false sense of security that it gives somebody by doing such acts. Yes, it says the Pope's aim was to help Catholics see indulgences not as some sort of special projects to be performed apart from their daily life, but rather as ways to foster charity and a sense of repentance throughout an ordinary day. Now, in Lutheranism, what do we call that? Well, we're talking about sanctification. We're justified. Yep. We're justified uh, objectively through Christ's death and resurrection. And uh, we would say it's the walk that we have in Christian life. Or as I have explained it sometimes in a sermon, that uh, it's nothing to the cross we bring. It's simply to Christ we cling. And... uh, uh, our synodical president, Harrison, has talked about that we are all, all beggars for, for Christ and we come with an empty bag and he fills it with his mercy. And as we walk from the church, we, we enter into our sanctified living uh, of deeds, not something that we have to do, but something we do as a result of the love that we have of Jesus. Yes, they mentioned that Pope Benedict XVI made several references to indulgences. He granted a plenary indulgence to those participated in person or in spirit in the celebration of the 150th anniversary of the Marian apparitions at Lourdes. Now, There's no evidence there were such apparitions. But then to celebrate it and then be totally having a plenary indulgence, that just doesn't make sense. No, it does. 
Well, from our perspective, it's really a wild thing because we know that only in Christ uh, do we find forgiveness. In Psalms, let's see, Psalm 86, O Lord, you are compassionate, gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness. That it is through through Christ and not through something that we've done. It, it really comes down to uh, being a believer in Christ, but we're going to add something to the gospel by something we do. Yes. Now, they try and say that indulgences is actually a uh, context of them is the sacrament of confession. But you know, you've seen it in movies, etc. You go to a priest, confesses your sins, and then what does he say to you? Go say some some rosaries. Yes, you have to do some kind of penance. And that's what they consider to be the indulgence. And that's how you get that sin forgiven totally. That Christ died on the cross, but that's not sufficient. You've got to do something to show God that you really do believe that your sin is forgiven. And that puts salvation on your shoulders again. And it makes me stop and think about a good reference is Galatians chapter 1 that Paul says, even if it be an angel that adds anything to this to this gospel, let him be a curse and don't listen to him. Yes. Today they say indulgences are grouped into only two types, partial and plenary. The category depends on whether the indulgence in question applies to some or all of the punishment a given member of the faithful owes for sin. Now, just underline that, that the faithful owes for sin, that the cross of Christ was not sufficient. You have to add yeah. to it. And, and therein lies again, Galatians and Galatians 1, and the whole book of Galatians, the epistle would be great in reading because it talks about how we are adopted as the children of God. An adoption that we didn't do, but an adoption that God has done through Christ's death and resurrection. All right. Thank you, Wes Reimnitz, for helping us out. Indulgences are coming back. It gives us an opportunity to share with Roman Catholics the true meaning of the forgiveness of sins. If you have questions, send them to me, and I'll answer them on tomorrow's Law and Gospel. God bless you. Listen to Law & Gospel each weekday morning at 9.30 on KFUO. For a tax-deductible gift to Law & Gospel, please make your check out to Law & Gospel and mail to Law & Gospel P.O. Box 28910, St. Louis, Missouri 63132 or call toll-free 1-877-267-1962. Views and opinions expressed on Worldwide KFUO may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod.
If you'd like to comment on programs or topics heard on Worldwide KFUO, write us at KFUO, 1333 South Kirkwood Road, St. Louis, Missouri, 63122. You can also leave a question or comment on our comment line at 314-996-1542. We are the messenger of good news, Worldwide KFUO.